Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back for Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani. Dane, we talked about the coaching. We talked about where this team maybe is at right now and kind of where we sit a quarter mark through the season. Let's just get into the specifics of the offense today because, like, the biggest concern coming into the week, right, was Justin Jefferson. Two weeks in a row, meh, meh. Um, and it looked like shut, kind of shut down by top corners. That did not happen today. Um he definitely 1000% got the better of Marshawn Lattimore and specifically, I think beat Marshawn Lattimore in a number of big plays, including the, the big long 41 yard play that set up the game winning field goal. Um, 10 for 147 for Justin Jefferson looks like Justin Jefferson. Did you see anything different that Minnesota did to get him back involved? Um, or was this just Justin Jefferson playing better football? I think it was Justin Jefferson playing better football. I think I listened to Justin Jefferson's interview on field after the game. And he said, basically like saints wanted to single me up with Marshawn Lattimore. They didn't bring safety help over the top a lot. And like, we feel good about that. I would feel great about that. If I was Justin Jefferson, I will say like when the Eagles pretty much singled him up, they helped a little bit, but it was basically Justin Jefferson versus Darius Slay in week two and he lost. So this performance from Justin Jefferson is, is proof of him playing better. Um, but I also think it is like a game plan thing. Um, generally speaking, Justin Jefferson's going to win. If you just let him be one-on-one with any corner, like I know Marshawn Lattimore is really good. I know the saints defense as a whole, like the scheme is probably predicated on letting that guy Marshawn Lattimore and his elite talent, like just kind of win in, against whatever receiver comes in his path uh, on a weekly basis. But like Justin Jefferson proved, like if you really want to go one on one with him, like it's only a matter of time. Week two against the Eagles, meh. Week three against the Lions, Jeffrey Okuda was what was was pretty good in that game. Also, a lot of safety help over the top. Week four against the New Orleans Saints, it was only a matter of time before Justin Jefferson really broke out, and and he did in a big way. Um, there were a couple plays, obviously the forty one yard reception down the sideline that sets up the the game winning 47 yard field goal. Um, he had a couple other really big plays in the game. He had another 40 yard catch, you know, kind of on looked similar to the, the route he ran against the green Bay Packers where they motioned him. The saints kind of ran into each other, lost, you know, lost Justin Jefferson in the, in, in the mix. And, and he's running down the sideline kind of free and open. He also had a couple just like really good routes that, that freed himself up and, and, and allowed for easy throws to Kirk couple drops uh, would be the only thing I, I would say. He Ball's behind him in the end zone. I still think you make that catch if you want to say you're the best receiver in the game. Kirk also put a kind of a lollipop throw on him down the sideline. Marshawn Lattimore, tough in coverage, and, and 
Justin Jefferson didn't release his hands, kind of let it get him to his body and dropped it. But as a whole, like I think the Vikings kind of got back to what they want to function as like as a unit this, this season on offense, um, lots of Justin Jefferson and other guys filling in elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting that the saints, like you go with your guy, I get that. Um, but Marshawn Lattimore definitely does a better job against like these big physical wide receivers where Justin Jefferson is clearly just faster than Marshawn Lattimore. We saw that on the end of the game. Like what it's like a one step and he's gone. I mean, he just beat him by speed, like significantly faster. And it's, that makes life impossible for Marshawn Lattimore. Um, no safety help there. Like that doesn't make sense to me in a big spot where Jefferson's already had a big game. Uh, but teams just go with what they go with. They're like, this is what we do defensively. We're going to stick with it. Um, and we're just going to lose because of it. Uh, but that was it. Like, and Jefferson showed like, Hey, if, if it's one-on-one, like you said, like, yeah, you might have an off game. You might lose one matchup, but more often than not, you're going to win. Um, and, and Minnesota won because of that. I still thought it was kind of interesting. Like Justin Jefferson has a pretty big day. Like Kirk Cousins stat line looks pretty good. And yet I walked away thinking so often that the offense struggled and it usually was because of like the big time, like red zone plays and whatnot. And like their touchdown drive uh, to take the 25, 22 lead entirely penalty aided. Um, And you can like tic-tac calls that could go either way. And they're going Minnesota's way. The big Adam Thielen third down pass interference that sets Minnesota up for the score on like the two yard line Um, in my prayer is like, Oh, I would prefer a no call on that one. And I think a lot of people would like two guys just going back and forth at it. Uh, So I I didn't feel good about the way the offense played today. Uh, Pressure definitely got to Kirk Cousins. Um, The running game was relatively ineffective. Dalvin Cook playing with that shoulder injury, just 20 for 76. Like they didn't run the ball well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's still, I think it's still a unit doesn't look fluid at all. Yeah. And I I think you make a good point when, when you talk about like, (laughs) I can't get over the pass interference call. I saw, I saw you tweet about it. Like we, can we just like petition to like get the spot fall out of the NFL? Because it's ridiculous. Like, look, the Vikings should not have been aided by like a, a 50, 50 ball that like, Adam Thielen honestly interfered with, with Lattimore as much as Lattimore interfered with him. Like I know right. Lattimore was grabbing his arm, but, but Adam Thielen touched his face mask or like pulled it one, one direction. So while he was trying to go up for the ball, I just think it's so silly that at this point, like that's a game altering play, like 60 yards or 40 yards on, on a, on a pass interference call. Like I, I just, uh, let's go to college and 15 yard max on, on the pass interference. That's a tangent. Like we don't need to discuss on, I just needed to get yeah. that off my chest. Cause it's like, I do, I would do want to say like people respond to like, well, then corners, we just tackle receivers all the time. And I, my response is always, do you see that every Saturday in college football? I certainly mm-hmm. do not. Guys just get beat. And your thought is not, I'm just going to tackle this guy. You'd also, never like, ever think that most deep balls, that, like QBs miss deep balls anyway. So you're like, well, let's just see what happens here. Like yeah, that's just, moronic logic because right. Justin Jefferson like dust set Marshawn Lattimore off the line on that that 41 yard like he Lattimore couldn't attack him if he wanted to like right. you know like he, he had lost already so that's my tangent let's get let's get the the pass interference the DPI call to, to 15 yards and 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 kind of be done with this spot that was stuff. that was another big play for Adam Thielen though in a, in a game where he second straight like good week and i would say this week it felt like he was more a part of the offense like more of a built-in mm-hmm. part of the offense eight for 72 and but obviously that pass interference is another big one like it didn't feel like he was just a safety valve on a blitz um it felt like he was legitimately game planned in this week which felt a little different to me 
Yeah, which is, I think, more proof. And I was listening to Adam Thielen talk to reporters in London um, after the game. Like, you heard Thielen and Jefferson before the season started about, you know, talk about, like, well, this offense is really complex. Like, we're going to kind of ramp it up as, as time progresses. I think we're starting to see, like, what it could look like. I think I don't think Kevin O'Connell was hiding all his plays. I just think at, at a certain point, like guys get more comfortable in the scheme. Um, I think we're. I think the start- scheme is changing too, though. This definitely looks more like the Vikings' offenses than the new one. Uh, this looks nothing yeah. like what we saw week one and week two. It's back to like fullback play action bootlegs. Like it is back to Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak, all of that. So like that's what's been interesting to me. Yeah, but I think to that point, like that Adam Thielen getting more involved, like is something that worked and is something we should see a lot more moving forward. Um, he, he was involved last week when even, even if they didn't really deserve the, the Detroit lions win involved this week, when, even if they maybe didn't deserve, you know, the new Orleans saints win um, you have a dynamic duo with Jefferson and Thielen. And I think it, it, it would benefit you to use it more often than not. Uh, KJ Osborne, our guy only one catch for six yards today. So uh, we were wrong be, about that one. Pretty yeah, soon we were wrong. Right. Yeah, he's he's well, they, they're not playing as many like when you're going fullback tight end two wideouts, he's not even on the field, so right. like that that's basically like a myth at this point that he's going to be a major part of this offense. Yeah, he is not. Um, two targets today, uh, one catch for six yards, Irv Smith, four targets, uh, three catches for 23 yards. So he, I'll be he, interested he, to see Osborne snap count, even. Yeah, um, Irv Smith was on the field way more than Osborne. You're, you're right. Um, I think we're starting to see like at times like this is how it should go like Jefferson and Thielen should should dominate the targets for the Vikings and everyone should also just kind of fill in after that um Irv Smith was third on the team with four targets um he just he hasn't been super impressive to me I I get that he is just kind of an integral part of this offense that just gets to play because like they're slowly working him back into you know full form and like it's pretty obvious Johnny Munt's not not it like Pretty pretty big drop um, in, in in the red zone um, in in the first half. So just kind of a lot to kind of take in about this offense. I think what we were talking about in segment one, though, like their efficiency in the red zone. That's why we walk away thinking this offense was 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 bad today, right? Greg Joseph finished with five field goals. Three of them were were, were on red zone drives. Um, he, he made a forty six yarder and a forty seven yarder. Very very good. Um, but his three other field goals were just because the Vikings couldn't put, punch it in the end zone. Turn that nine points into 21, we're feeling very different. I know that's like an easy like math equation, like duh. Um, the Vikings offense moved it at times today. Uh, they, they just couldn't get over the hump, and they're going to need to moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, like it's it's right now the offense is like good, but not good enough, not not to carry this team where it needs to go. Like it has to go up like three or four levels. Um, if it's going to be a team where we're actually talking about it as a threat to do anything, um, right now it's fine. It's like it's a good unit. Um, it's not a great unit. This is supposed to be a great unit. At least that's what we thought with Kevin O'Connell coming in, and we're just not there. Like you have to come through in a lot of ways. It's got to be efficient. Um, you got to get things done at the right times. So the one good thing you could say is yet again when they needed to make a drive late, Kirk Cousins did it. He just made the throw. Uh, to Justin Jefferson, and then they stalled out after that, but close enough to get Greg Joseph to that 47-yard field goal. Um, they took advantage of the penalties on that touchdown drive. Like Kirk Cousins is getting it done in the moments when they have to late. Uh, they just shouldn't be putting themselves in these spots. But 
Uh, the pros with the cons, I guess, on that. Uh, so I, I think I'm pretty mixed review for this offense really through four weeks. Like sometimes good, sometimes really bad, um, just not consistent whatsoever. Yeah, and I would say wholly disappointing, like from what you saw in week one and you thought this was going to just be an offense that blew the doors off of other teams and Kirk Cousins was fixed and Justin Jefferson was going to receive for a, a 2,000 yards this year. It's clearly not it. Um, it's probably like you were saying, that's a good point, like a little bit similar or a little bit more similar to the the Zimmer offense of old than than perhaps we were were predicting heading into this season. Um, just a lot to 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 improve upon. Um, just like you look at the way Kirk Cousins plays the position, I think this might just be a kind of thing. What you get, what you get with him. Um, good sometimes, lacking at others. Like we've talked about, capable of of leading a drive. Like that's never been like a huge knock on him, like for all of his, his deficiencies, like he's capable of getting the ball back and then and, and marching down the field if he has to. Um, but overall, like, I just don't know, like it's the second week in a row we're, we're talking about a win. Um, and it feels like we, we could easily be talking about a loss, like with the way and the rhetoric we're, we're talking about this team. Um, that's because they've been just generally blah up to this point. Great. Uh, that's kind of been the case for the offense. We'll see if it improves here as we move forward. Um, when we get back for segment three, we're going to talk defense. Uh, this group that looked also kind of entirely uninspiring, especially late against an Andy Dalton and few weapons led offense.